Warriors are playing with four guards, and the four guards out there, along with Cedric, are their best free throw shooters. Clark in a straight jacket. Oh, he didn't he need to do that. He threw it away. Ping, Pagese. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the End Zone Militia. Live at LC Tiger Sports Studio, brought to you by Three Core with Shane Hornball and Swanton Welding with Norm Zider, sponsoring Northwest Ohio Sports for many years and helping in your fabrication services. I'm your host, Isaiah Margo, with my co-host, Phil Snow, the stats guy. I am the snowman, and just remember that stats are cool. Indeed they are. And we got two special guests. We have one coming on the way. We got the head man of the wrestling team, Troy Westoven. How you guys doing tonight? And the infamous heavyweight man, Chris Fox. Good afternoon. So, Phil, we got some pretty interesting stuff to talk about over the over the week, this previous week and all that. So, what do we got today? Well, I just want to let you guys know that the soundbite that you heard as our intro there was the ending of the Furman, Virginia game, uh, starting the madness of March uh, and off right with the big win over Virginia there. The turnover at the end of the game was pretty crazy and it was only fitting that we started with a basketball uh, uh, segment when we're going to talk about wrestling the whole episode. So I just think that that's kind of funny, but uh, well, for the majority of the episode. But, uh, you know, really just kind of wanted to talk shop about wrestling a little bit with you guys. Uh, you know, not, not very many other guys would have uh, more knowledge than you. Uh, maybe a couple guys, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll leave those guys nameless, obviously. Um, but uh, w- welcome, first of all. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, I'll just leave the floor open to you guys uh, if one of you guys wants to take charge a little bit. Um, you know, the end of your season was, you know, it was kind of funny how it all happened. You know, Troy, we had the last time we talked, you were kind of, you know, we just really weren't sure what, you know, how it was going to happen. And then, you know, you guys start succeeding well in tournaments. You have individuals individuals doing really well. And then all of a sudden things are really starting to take a turn. You guys are wrestling hot down the end of the stretch. Uh you know, just talk about the way you guys were able to finish the season, uh, the state tournament a little bit, and, you know, just, just what you saw. Well, you know, it's it's all about, um, you know, prepping for the end of the season. That's where it's all at, right? So you want to be um, solid there, wrestling at your best there, uh, you know, league, sectionals, district, state. That's what the whole, you know, that's what it's there for. Most that you're there for, um, you know. Yes, all the other tournaments are nice, you know, Pitt and Sally George and Marion Harding, and all those tournaments are nice to have those accolades. Those are just benchmarks. Um, they're just benchmarks to see where you're at, how you're progressing, what you're doing in the season, where you're falling, uh, what do we need to improve on. Um, but then you get to wrestle the next day. So it's really not until sectionals, district, state, where you start having to put it together and having guys, um, you know get in the top four to move on. So that's the goal, right? And that not putting too much pressure on them is another one where, you know, top four is the goal. So as long as you're hitting the top four, you can have a bad match or whatever. You just got to be able to rebound and, and, and be in the top four and we're moving on and we can go back and, and tweak some things and, and keep moving forward. And I think the guys really embraced that and uh, beginning of the season, um, you know, some of them uh, were down on themselves or, you know, weren't having the success that they had day-to-day matches. Um, but overall, I think it started to click there towards the end for them. And they put together, you know, three, four weeks there, real solid wrestling and uh, looked really strong. They had, you know, five guys out, or actually six, um, counting Shaneyfelt. And, um, you know, five down, four plays. That's pretty good. It's, that's all tie in school record stuff. So, um, real happy for them and, you know, couldn't ask for, you know, a better turnout, really. You know, and I want to throw this at you. You know, he's talking about <clears throat> four out of five placing, and 
uh, school records. You know, I, I want to get your opinion on, first of all, uh, talk about the way, you know, really down the, str- uh, you know, down the stretch, all those guys, you know, you talk about Myers getting first, obviously, uh, Owen placing, uh, you know, guys that are younger kids. Uh, first of all, let's talk about Braden Tambourine being a freshman, placing at state. Uh, the first state placer as a freshman uh, that Liberty Center's ever had in wrestling. And then I'd really like to get your opinion on the inaugural uh, women's championship, which I think was a very historical moment uh, for OHSA and, and the wrestling part of, you know, what, what's going on in Ohio as far as those things go. Well, it's, uh, you know, we'll jump right into the girls. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's been overdue. Yeah. You know, you, there's, we've had some, some girls with some great success on our team, Kendall Bosselman, uh, who moved on to bigger and better things. Uh, Shaney Felt's been with us for her whole career. So for them, you know, at that age, there's a physical difference. I mean, you know, we're pro-girl, we're pro, you know, equal rights, you know, but there's a physical difference when it comes to girls on the mat. And for them to have their equal opportunity to share something that the guys have been doing for you know, however many years the state tournament is going on, that's huge. That's huge for the state of Ohio. It's huge for the sport of wrestling because those girls work just as hard as the guys do. Um, you know, getting Xander, you know, he put everything together when he needed to. You know, he got a couple losses there here in the, the late tournaments, you know, leagues, uh, uh, sectionals he won, but, you know, losing the chance, no, not getting that league title, I think really prepared him for what he had to do at the state tournament. Um, then he, you know, recollected, revisualized what he needed to do and, and was able to uh, put it all together at the right time, you know, kind of fell on myself you know everybody knows I, I took fifth at districts my senior year and then with the very next week was a state champ you know sometimes a loss like that can help you you know refocus where you need to be at you know I hit districts undefeated you know was going to try and be the first undefeated wrestler for NLC history and once that weight was gone I was like all right I've got one goal and one goal only is to win a state title and and I think that Xander did the same thing, you know, he, he dropped that match at leagues and, and it helped him focus, hey, you know, I got three weeks to put together what I want to do and let's do it, you know, that, that was his mindset. There was nothing that was going to stop him from achieving his goal. And you, you could see it in his eyes, I could feel it, and Troy and I talked about it, you could really feel his energy that it was going to happen, I mean, and I, I, we called it before. I was thinking the whole he's going to do it, you know. And we'll drop on Owen a little bit, you know. He he dropped his his uh, some our quarterfinals match at state in a barn burner of a match. I mean that you know Cribbles pretty much walked through the rest of the state tournament that, and that was a, a sudden victory loss for Owen by one second. I mean we went back and watched the video if he just held his leg for one more second, you know, and then we you know maybe two state champs at that point. But, you know, that's the way it goes. And then Jackson, who just joined us, I mean, it was state qualifier last year. Uh, not for sure if he was going to get to wrestle this year. You know, back issues, having some injuries and stuff, was off for seven months, didn't do anything. You know, that's a, that's a lot of time to make up, and kudos to him to, to make it up. It, it's a mental mindset to say, hey, this is what I'm going to do and stick to the plan and stick to what you got to do and – you know, it's it, the sport's not for the faint of heart. You know, it takes a lot of, of time, energy, and a lot of a, a mental mindset that 
most kids at this age can't handle it. You know, it's tough. It's 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 grueling. It's a long season, and you know, any any lesser of men bow out and say no. <laughs> you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm out. I'm done. You know, it's 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 tough. You know, even even for Owen, I, I hate to keep bragging because he's my son, but you know, he could have packed it in after that semi or quarterfinals loss, and you know, Troy told him, hey. How do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be remembered if the person that shut down a quitter? Do you want to be remembered as the person who faced adversity and stood tall and, and had character? You know, and that's that's what all we could ask for. You know, that effort is the only thing we could ask for. And I think that's one of the biggest things that separates wrestling from all the other sports. It's just kind of you out there. You know, I mean, you don't have anybody depend on but yourself out there. You know, you got your coaches that are helping you, and you know, hey, this is the positions where they can help you, but. You know, at the end of the day, it's you know it's you on the mat, and you got to do what you got to do to be able to come away with, you know, those victories. It's that is, you know, probably the the hardest thing for guys is what you put into it is what you get out of it, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, it's a and it's a it's not cut and dry all the time, but it's pretty black and white. Like, could I have worked harder? Absolutely. Should I have worked harder? Absolutely. And then it goes into, well, I didn't win that one match. Well, could you have worked a little harder? Yeah. Yeah, it could have. You know what I mean? So th- it starts to have it starts to have a little more self reflect upon yourself where, you know, it's still a team and your teammates are there encouraging you and, and you can't get anywhere without your team because you need your team in the practice room, you need good drill partners, you need guys to pick you up throughout the days. It's a long season like Coach Box was saying, and um, that's where your team aspect comes in and it helps prepare you mentally and, and physically to get on that mat. And then when you step out there, it's time to showcase what you can do. And then where the hard thing is for a lot of kids to recognize is Self-reflection, um, you know, I, I, hey, I, I can, I'm better than this, or I can get better than this. I don't have to be like this. What happened? But I can improve it, and that's very hard for for uh, anybody, not just kids. Anybody, anybody. When someone fails, um, it's very hard for somebody to inner reflect upon themselves to uh, move forward. So yeah. that's what's tough. All right. Um, during during uh, Xander Myers' match. Um, obviously, there was a lot of blood uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, coming out. Um, was there any worry? Like, is there was there any worry about that like, the bleeding wasn't going to stop and oh, possibly yeah. going to forfeit the match? Oh yeah, possibly. Oh yeah, we were down. We had you know five minutes of blood time, um, unlimited cleanup time. But the ref has to stop the blood once he feels that the blood is under control and and not running. And then at that point, you know, the ref stops the blood time. We were down out of five minutes. We had a minute and a half left. So um, not a whole lot. And uh, thankfully, we had, you know, great trainers there at the shot. We had two trainers and a doctor and then everybody else that was trying to help uh, get it under control. Um, but for us and our on our pace that we like to set as a, as a, as a coaching staff and as a wrestling, uh, we want to set high tempo, high pace. So blood time for us is like a break. Uh, injury time for us is like a break. I don't. We don't want the break. We want six minutes. We want to go, 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 go. We want to push you so far that you're so exhausted that you can't lift your arms or can't move your feet. Our toughness versus your toughness. Yes. yes. So when we, you know, when there's four minutes of blood time, that guy's pretty fresh. You know, so you know it, it turns into uh, a little bit more of a battle. And um, you know, kudos to Xander for. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, he has head tape, both nostrils plugged. <laughs> I, I mean, just the only thing he could breathe without out of his mouth, you know, and half the time that's covered too. So it's tough. It's tough. But um, there was nothing that I don't think that was gonna was gonna stop him in that match. In all reality, I don't even know if his nose really stopped. <laughs> it was a while. It was a while. They uh, they ended up wrapping him with black 
tape the last yep. time, so it didn't show the bleed through. And there was a couple times they stopped to clean up off the mat that, and they're checking. But all right, in all reality, I don't know if he even really well, stopped think, bleeding or not. Yeah, I think what really slowed it down is at the very last time they put up a, a cauterizing powder to help blood clot, right? So they jammed that up in there, and that kind of helped slow the the blood down. But uh, you know, it was uh, he's always had a little bit of issue here and there with bloody noses, but uh, that was that was the worst one this year for, by far. Yeah, but it went down as a state as a state champion and all that, and obviously he hugged the trainer. Uh, yeah, very, right fitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very fitting on that. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so now we uh, we're gonna bring somebody on that uh, you know this is a, a a pretty remarkable story in itself. Uh, you know, Coach Box had kind of touched on it a little bit uh, when he was talking a, a few moments a few moments ago. Uh, we're joined here by a sophomore wrestler Jackson Bartels. Jackson, you want to say hi to the folks out there? Uh, how's it going? Um, <laughs> Uh, we want to, you know, talk with you. We brought you on. We want to, you know, have you talk to us a little bit about your story, uh, you know, about about the injury, uh, you know, about your comeback, things that happened. Uh, you know, let's start with uh, the injury at the end of July. You know, you were doing something that you just normally do, lifting. Uh, something obviously, you know, didn't feel right. Uh, called your mom, who wasn't even in town. Uh, what, what, what was that like for you? Well, you know, especially not having your parent, you know, your mom around, uh, you know, how, how was that experience for you? You know, obviously you felt something was definitely wrong there. Uh, yeah, definitely scared. Uh, I knew something was wrong when they were ch- trying to tell me to sit down and I was in too much pain. I couldn't even, couldn't even sit down. So, you know, I was limping around the, uh, the weight room. Um, but I mean, happens injuries happen uh so i just got to focus on what i have to do to get better not feel as in much pain uh so yeah right away i went right to the chiropractor and uh from there everything just unraveled yeah and you know when when you first did the injury you know when you first went to the doctors they thought maybe it was a little bit of a more of a muscular issue uh didn't take x-rays originally uh, kind of we're just doing some massage stuff, uh, you know, kind of get into a routine there. Noticed that you didn't have really any change. Went to a physical therapist, you know, started doing some of that. Got your x-ray done. Um, obviously showed that you had a pretty significant injury in your back. Um, when you talked to the neurosurgeon, you had heard some kind of unfortunate information, uh, maybe something that kind of hit home a little bit for you. Uh Probably a little bit of a touchy subject, but, uh, you know, we want to ask you a little bit about that. You know, what was that experience like? You know, you were you were told that, you know, maybe to find a different sport, uh, that wrestling really wasn't in the cards for you anymore. And, you know, as a kid I coached in baseball who told me, hey, I want to go wrestle. Uh, I know how important it is to you. So, you know, what was what was that experience like for you? Um, I mean, it kind of broke me right when those words came out of his mouth. Uh, I didn't take it as anything serious until he said that. Um, I was like, oh, it'll heal. Just another, yeah, it's just another scratch, yep. It'll heal up. Um, in the car ride home, though, I knew I'm not changing my sport. I'm not changing my life because of this. So, I mean, I was going to do whatever it took. You know, Coach Westover, I want to bring you in a little bit on this. You know, when you were in high school, you had uh, a pretty significant back injury yourself. You know, you had to go through a little bit of a recovery yourself. So, um... How did the process go with you and Jackson as far as um, the communication? Obviously, I know during the parent meeting, you know, you and his mom had kind of talked a little bit, you know, what are we really expecting out of Jackson this year? 
Um, so how, how were you able to kind of help him through this, knowing that you had kind of went through something similar and were able to overcome it as well? Uh, the first and most important thing that I had in my mind was, you know, was him and, and his safety. And then also not just physically, but mentally, because uh, when you um, start contemplating that, uh, whether or not you can, can you or can't you, or someone's telling you shouldn't, um, how do you process that? And that's very, very hard. Um, that's something that I know that I went through. And uh, I was just really, um, really there. I mean, I, I hit my, myself. I was in that very similar position. So I knew exactly what he was thinking. I knew exactly what they were thinking. And my, my main thing for them was whatever you guys decide as a parent and, and in child, I support 100%. And that was the main thing. And whatever they decided, I knew, regardless of whether Jackson was wrestling or not wrestling, I, he needed to be in the room. Um, regardless, because um, guys look up to him. He was, you know, he's, he was a qualifier as a freshman, uh, a lot of good friends. And, um, you know, just his presence in the room um, helps uh, guys um, kind of get over that edge where, you know, some days you uh, you feel maybe uh, today's just not that day, right? You're just a little bit down, you're a little bit tired, you're a little bit exhausted. And then you look over and you see maybe Jackson sitting there and he can't do it. So that kind of inspires guys like, you know what, I'm going to do it for him or whatever. So it kind of brings all that stuff, you know, that team stuff together. And that was that was the main thing, um, having him in the room regardless of what the situation was going to be. And whatever they decided, um, I was in full support. And whatever they decided, then from there, whether if we, he was going to try to get back on the mat, then how do we get him back on the mat as safely as possible um, and then try to get him to peak where we need to because we already knew he was going to be behind the eight ball. He had, you know, since July really hasn't done much um, in any form of anything besides, you know, rehab or therapies and stuff like that. So physical contact, physical activity, um, knew that he was going to be, you know, off timing. Everything was going to be a little bit off. And, um, you know, it, his hard work and dedication in the room, um, along with his teammates uh, helping him as well, I think um, helped prepare him to, to accomplish what he accomplished this year. And, you know, when you put your mind to something, it goes to show nothing really can hold you back unless it's you. So let's let's go a little bit farther down the road. Uh, you start physical therapy, Jackson. Um, you know, you guys, you and your family went and got a second opinion, um, still agreeing no surgery. That was, I think, was a big stress for you guys. Uh, didn't want to have surgery. Um, and I think when you guys started this, it was about getting your other things rather than your back strengthening to help with this. Um, so you started doing some of the hamstring stuff, the core strength, ankle stuff, flexibility, hips. Talk about some of the things that maybe you did at physical therapy to along the lines of some of those exercises to help kind of get you back to where you felt comfortable. Uh, well, yeah, obviously strengthening. But the big part they really hammered home was I need to loosen everything around my back up so that my back can move more uh, smooth. Um, so yeah, a lot of hamstring stretches, ankle mobility, they were having me stretch things that I didn't even know I could stretch. <laughs> I, mean, I was in there right two o'clock every day, pretty much in there until like three fifteen, just straight stretching. And then, uh, when you got done with that, you, uh, in January, you went and seen Dan share the, from Fort Meg's CrossFit and you did some other stuff, uh, along the lines of that. And then uh, you kind of started wrestling a little bit here and there again. 
uh, doing some controlled wrestling, some monitored wrestling. Talk about maybe a little bit of some of that process, uh, of what it means to say controlled wrestling or, you know, something along the lines of that. So obviously we, we like to go live in the room here. Like what would you say two times a day? No, two, two, two times, times a week. A week yeah, so. Um, so obviously I couldn't do any of that, but we would do something called a drill match. It's like a 60% ma- like drill. Um, and then obviously drilling all my moves, muscle memory, got to get that in. Uh, so that's really all I could really do. Was that, was that, what was that like? What was that like? I mean, obviously you had, uh, you had went through football season. You were, you were part of the team and that, you know, you were around all the time, you know, you had to see that success. Uh, you know, how, what, what was that like for you just being a part of the experience? Obviously I know you wanted to be out there helping out, but, uh, you know, just talk about maybe some of the things that you had to go through as a that you learned about yourself as a teammate, maybe. That, uh, you know, I don't give enough credit to uh, some people that are out there, like uh, Amanda or like the water guys that are out there because I was one of them. <laughs> I was running water all the time. Um, and, I mean, obviously the football team did great, and I fully support them. Uh, but, I mean, it was – it was hard. I don't like being on the sideline. I like being involved. So uh, after that, you uh, um, obviously we talked about the controlled matchups. You you get in there your first rest your first live wrestling action. Uh, I think at the Marion Harding tournament. Um, talk a little bit about maybe the nerves that you had going into that. Um, I want to read a little bit of a paragraph of this story because I think this is really important. Um, the stress that was put on you about, hey, if you felt any uncomfortableness at all, like, you know, we had to stop. And I know as an athlete, I know you know as an athlete, and you know as an athlete, and you know as an athlete that even when your body tells you to stop, it just doesn't exist in your mind and in your heart. So I know that that was probably a tough thing for you. So what was some of the emotions that you had going into that, uh, that first match back to get your first live wrestling action? Well, I was told by Coach Westhoven when I stepped off the mat that I was a little too excited. <laughs> um, told me I needed to calm down a little bit. Um, I mean, it was another match. Go out there, do what you got to do. I mean, there's nothing to it. But, yeah, I was a little too excited. Came out, came out the gate a little fast. Talk a little bit about how that match went. What was it, what was it like just uh, feeling it out? I mean, was it just something that was kind of just – felt good to be out there maybe all the emotions were gone when you started it was just kind of you know you out there on the mat talk a little bit about that I mean you're in your own head when you're on the mat so I mean I went after the kid uh I think I think I like pinned him in the second period Um, the best thing to explain it is it was like the incredible hog (laughs) every vein popped out all all his muscles flexed and then it was just a a flurry Yeah. (laughs) yeah It's like a letting a bull in a china shop, right? I mean, it was, again, it's seven months of not doing yeah. anything, right? So yeah. your first competition, you, you, you go out there and that whistle blows and it's like a shot of adrenaline, right? <laughs> and he's going out there and it's like, he's got, so he came off, he's exhausted. I'm like, dude, you got to slow down, man. That's You're going to burn yourself out. So then he went out there and his next match and he slowed it down all right. He slowed it right to a snail's pace. <laughs> um, so we had to figure out that happy medium. Um, but again, like I said, you know, uh, I know he was probably disappointed in the in the Harding uh, uh, outing and stuff. I was not by any means. I don't think anybody was. Um, again, those tournaments are just benchmarks, right? They're just benchmarks. They're just where are you at? How can we improve? Where are you set? Uh, and that's us as coaches to to dissect and pull. And um, 
and how do we get you know Jackson and, and everybody else to get where they need to be when the time comes to perform? So, what was some of the stuff that was going through your head coach box when he was out there? You know, I know you were just probably just thrilled beyond belief to see him out there and just you know having having him wrestle and be a part of the team. You know, on the mats as far as wrestling, you know, but. You know, what were some of the emotions that you were dealing with? Was it nerves? Was it we all were, excitement? Yeah, we were nervous and, and then that, a little bit scared at the same time, too, because that's one of the worst things that you could feel is if one of your, you know, athletes gets injured on, on while you're up under your care, you know, and that's – we were nervous. You know, as a coaching staff, we all had made the decision. You know, I know Troy and I talked, and all of us talked, that if anything funny happened, we, we don't give Jackson the chance. We will call, we will call it at that point in time. And uh, you know it was it's it's nerve wracking because you know you when when you have parents come to you you know we're not sure we don't know if he's ever going to be able to do it again and we spend a lot of time with these guys you know with you know we we treat them like our own kids you know we spend so much time with with the kids and the families and we do a lot of summer stuff you know we're we're training all the time so it's you know and, and as athletes ourselves before you know when when someone tells you, hey, you're not, may not be able to do this, it's, it's a little hard, you know, so we kind of, you know, had to watch what was going on, and then at the same time, reinforce, hey, you haven't done anything for seven months, dude, you're knocking the dust off, it's going to take time, just relax, trust the process, you know, I think it was a conversation that Troy and I had every, you know, every Monday, you know, while they're doing their cows or 10 down, you know, we talk about things, and it's just like, you know, Trust the process. We, you know, we got you. We'll do whatever it takes, and uh, and he did just that. Obviously, you know, a state qualifier, and then then makes the podium in a year that he didn't think he was going to have is, you know, it's it's an amazing accomplishment in its own. I mean, you know, but you know, all of us were on board together. You know, it was a, a process. It just wasn't, you know, Jackson and his parents. You know, made the ultimate decision, but then. You know, Troy does a great job with our coaching staff. We are all all in together and, and make, you know, say, hey, this is what we're going to do. And, and then keeping him, you know, at a, at a calm, you know, not re-injuring or aggravating anything. You know, hey, you know, you need – you can't go in like the Incredible Hawk. You can't go in and try and muscle your way through everything anymore. Use your finesse, you know. That's one thing Jackson's always been good at. He's strong for his size, but he's also – his movement and his fluid and wrestling is – you know, is is also another uh, element that he adds to it. So it was able to, you know, as all of us as coaching staff were able to, to help him get to where he needed to be and, and got him there. You know, I think you make a really good point there about trusting the process and trusting the coaches. You know, when I was talking with your mom, Jackson, a little bit about this, uh, I had asked your mom what she thought was harder as a parent, um, hearing that you may never be able to wrestle again or watching you step out on the mat for the first time after that. And uh, she said that it was hearing that you might not wrestle again. Um, obviously, she was on pins and needles watching you uh, in your first match uh, back. But just the, she said the passion that you have and the love for the sport that you have, it just, you know, it really hurt them as parents. And, you know, there really wasn't words to describe that emotion. And, you know, she had said uh, that they put trust in the coaches and you guys. And I just think that's a, a very big backup point to what you're saying, trust the process. And, Coach Westhoven, that you do a great job with your staff and obviously the trainer, the staff. I mean, it, it goes beyond what you're able to list really here, I believe, you know, and 
So kudos to that. I just think that's a great backup point that Melissa made. That oh, obviously it's a process and it takes a it takes a village. If, absolutely, if so to speak. That's, I mean, that's kind of where I was going with it. It wasn't you know yeah. it wasn't just him. It wasn't just me. It wasn't just his parents. It was everybody. It was Amanda. It was just, it was the teammates. It was uh, as a communal effort. Um, you know, it's uh, even though you're out there on the map by yourself, it's a community standing behind you in the corner. So. So, Jackson, you, uh, you you end up wrestling in the leagues, and you, you get second place there. You are uh, a sectional champ, uh, which is that first step to uh, being able to qualify for state. Uh, then you get third in the districts, and I believe you lost to the eventual state champ of the weight class uh, this year. So, uh, then you make it, and you finish eighth in state, being able to podium in a season that you weren't going to have. You know, I kind of got to ask. Obviously, you want to put – you want to be humble, which I know that you are, but was it more – uh, play, uh, did it did it feel better finishing eight, like being able to podium, or did, did it just feel better just being able to be out there with your guys and just being able to share that moment with with your coaches and your you know everybody that was there for you? Obviously, you, I mean you love to place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was more disappointed that I placed so low. I was hoping for I mean better out of myself, uh, but it, I mean it didn't. I didn't end up placing high. I mean. I love being out there with my teammates, my brothers. I I suffer up in the room with them every single day. He suffers up in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Sell it a little bit better than that. <laughs> I sweat with them. Uh, there, there, there we go. There we go. Lots and lots of sweat. It, it is a bond that you, you know, absolutely, Troy and I wrestled together in high school. We've been friends for a really long time. And he's right. It, it's a bond that you form. When, when you go through the adversity that you go through with the people that you're surrounded by, I mean, that's something that'll never be forgotten. I mean, it's, you know, I, I remember the days going through with Troy. I mean, it may, may have been a little bit rougher then than it is now, but, <laughs> you know, that's things that we share together. Dots, you know, Coach Dots and another one of our coaching staff guys, you know, we, we all wrestled together, we were, and we're all still pretty close to this day. I mean, they're, you know, I can pick up the phone and say, Troy, I need, need your help, or Dots, I need your, you know, they're not far behind, you know, and I see a lot of that with these guys, you know, they're, they're pretty close knit group. They, you know, and that's what you want. I feel like that's what you want. And that's part of being able to buy into a process too. So uh, Jackson, just a couple more things from you, man. And we'll let you get out of here. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, if, if you had to, uh, obviously we wanted you to come on and we wanted to share your story because, you know, we hope that it helps somebody, uh, you know, overcome their adversity or, you know, you know, when I was talking to your mom, I said, you know, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your dreams. And, you know, you had made that decision, you know, from the get, you know, you weren't going to let that stop you. Um, if you had a message for, you know, somebody that might be in your situation or uh, a message for a kid that, you know, might think about wanting to give up their dreams, what, what, would, what would you say? Um, gosh, putting them on the spot. That's a tough question. I know. Um, Toughest for the last. Let's go. <laughs> Don't always go by what the doctors say. Go by what you believe, what's in your heart, and what I mean, what you think you can do. What did you think? What did you think when you uh, when you decided right there? You said you said I'm gonna do it no matter what. Oh, when he told me to find a different sport, you know, you're probably never gonna wrestle again. I told him, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you go. That's what we wanted right there. There it is. Um, yeah, right there and then I knew. Um, I'm coming back, and I'm coming back better than ever. Well, that's what we love to hear, man. Well, 
We appreciate you for coming on and joining joining us on our show and uh, sharing your story. We appreciate you giving us the ability to uh, share your story with everybody out there, and we hope it helps anybody it can. So thanks for coming on. Do you have any final words for the, for the folks out there? Um, not, not really. Nothing that you can think of? All right. Who do you have winning in your March Madness bracket? Oh, wow. Uh, okay, hold on. Let's start with who did you originally have? Let's start with that. That's what I asked him. Who do you have winning in your March well, Madness like, bracket? He, he could have picked Virginia. He could have picked Kansas, Purdue, yeah, I and they're all busted. Purdue. You think he picked Purdue? I think so. Hey, <laughs> welcome to Ramos the took all that luck. <laughs> hey, oh, hey, now that we got all the wrestlers in the building. Yeah, we yeah. have a brilliant soundbite for you guys here <laughs> that, the, that the cap is going to hook us up with here in just a second from the uh, NCAA championships, uh, the wrestling this weekend. And it was uh, Ramos yes. versus... He's got him! He's got him on his back! Oh my goodness! Look out! It's Ramos! He's looking for the fall! He's looking for the fall! If he just holds Able to roll through. Did he oh, catch him on oh, his wow. back? He's got him! He's got him on his back! Oh my goodness! Look out! It's Ramos! He's looking for the fall! He's looking for the fall! If he just holds him here! He's going to pull one of the biggest upsets in NCAA wrestling history. No one would have expected this. Oh, my goodness. He's not going to get off his back. Not going to be able to. He did it. Stepped across right there. And he's now looking he's for the fall. He's looking for the fall. some straight matches in a row. 56. 56 consecutive straight matches that he had won. and Shoot for his fourth NCAA title as well. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The only good thing that came out of Purdue that night. Yeah, I yeah, did yeah. see that. She, like, yeah. she was a, glasses, a jiu-jitsu Olympic alternate. She was. Oh, yeah. dang. What, what did you think about that upset? I was. I mean, I went nuts. Yeah. My dad <laughs> were at a, a party or like, like a get-together with friends and family. Um. We went nuts. We were some kid out of Purdue came out of nowhere and sticks the arguably the best wrestler around, looking for his fourth NCAA title to go along with four other guys. Was it? Yeah, four yeah. others. Yep. It was crazy. Awesome stuff, man. All right. All right, Jackson. Thanks for joining us, brother. We appreciate you, man. See ya. Yep. All right, Coach Box, Coach Westover, and we'll talk a couple more things out here. Let's uh, we'll just go right to the state stuff. Uh, obviously, we want to let you guys talk uh, a little bit about state. Um, you know, it was it was a really fun atmosphere down there. Obviously, uh, you know, you guys finished fifth, I believe, as a team, and uh, you know, I think that says a lot uh, about those uh, about those kids that went down there. You know, and then you talk about the youth that you guys have down there as well. Jackson on the podium as an underclassman, Myers on the podium as a junior. Um, and Shaney then you got uh, Shaney Phelps. Yeah, uh, Shaney. Well, Tamarine as a freshman uh, on the podium, which I said earlier. You know, the the only freshman in LC history to you know be on the podium as a freshman, and that's impressive. So, you guys have a lot to look forward to um, when you're talking about next season. I know you guys just finished up, but I mean, when you're looking forward to next season, uh, the core I think of what you guys. You know, you're losing Owen, a guy that's been there for four years, but when you're talking about four of the five people that were at state coming back, I feel like. You know, you have a lot to work around, and the standard is, hey, this is what we're, you know, this is what we're expecting. So, you know, just talk a little bit about maybe where your future is, why here's in the next year or so. Uh, you know, I'm one to go off of 
sense of the fact that you look at it, what we did is what we did. There's no guarantees next year. Nope. You want it next year, you have to earn it just like you did this year. Um, you know, standards high, expectations high, yes, but it's all brand new again. It, what, what was done last year was done last year, and that's why it's last. That's why it's in the past. So, uh, you know, it's all about uh, preparing yourself. How well are you going to work? Uh, what are you going to do in the summer? Or what are you going to do in the off season? You know, are you going to lift? Are you going to wrestle? Are you going to play football? All those things are, are, are variables, which I support all of them. But then when it's time to wrestle, how are you going to, how are you going to mentally prepare yourself? Um, you know, what you accomplish doesn't mean anything for the next year. You have to do it all over again. So don't expect anything handed to you. Don't expect it given to you. And um, that's the biggest thing we got to knock out of the guys' heads because they get comfortable um, or they think, well, I did it last year. I'll do it again. And not necessarily. Someone's hunting for you. Some, someone's chasing you. So, you know, always understand that somebody's coming up from behind you um, wanting to knock you off the pedestal or whatever. So, um, you know, I don't look at it in, in the sense of, of anything's guaranteed. And they need to uh, really focus on enjoy the moment, enjoy all the stuff that they did and accomplished this year. But then once that's over, it's, it's back to the grind. It's back to work. That's how champions stay champions. That's how, that's how the elite stay elite. Um, they don't get comfortable. You know, Coach Box, if you had to say, uh, you know, what do you think some of the biggest takeaways this season were if you had to say a couple? Obviously, there's probably 10 or 12 that you could hammer on and probably 15 other ones too. But if you had to say the top three maybe, uh, what are some of the takeaways that you had this season? Uh, the biggest thing is, uh, you know, we we uh, we did a lot. We did a lot as a coaching staff. We did a lot with a young group. And, and a lot of people were counting us out, you know. There, there weren't, you know – a lot of naysayers, you know, yeah, we had a, you know, a couple good kids, you know, that's what people were looking on, but we had some, some underclassmen step up, you know, Braden Tamarine, I mean, that, what he did is nothing, nothing, it was great wrestling, and he was in his matches, he really wasn't outclassed that bad, and to get, as a freshman, to be in the top four in the state of Ohio, I mean, that's, that says something about where he's at mentally, you know. Uh, you know, it's it, it, it could be a little bittersweet takeaway for me this year. You know, Owen's a senior. He's leaving. But, you know, like I said before, I, I treat a lot of these kids as they are my own kids. You know, we got Logan Saifuentes coming up. Um, wrestled great first at 215, but fell short at sectionals. You know, I think a little nerves got to him walking into the tournament. Kind of let his guard down and, and got beat his first match. And, uh, then just turned around this weekend and wrestled at uh, OAC Freshman State, which is all freshmen of his weight, and, and won it. So, uh, you know, we got big things coming in, and we, and we got some young wrestlers coming in, you know, and we always say at the at the banquet, get, get 65 matches in the summer, whether it's practice matches, competitively, camp. That's always the goal is to get 65 matches in between now and next November when the next season starts then you can pick up and go right from where you left off. So that's always, you know, a challenge. It's always a, a challenge, you know, from a, a coach's standpoint because we're, we're all busy and have lives through the summer as well. Um, but, you know, if they're, they're willing to put the work in, you know, us coaches, you know, Troy does a great job with, with the extra, you know, extra coaches and stuff, we, we make it happen for them. Like if, if you want to wrestle, the door's always open. If you want to lift – the door is always open, you know, we're not going to tell you no. So, uh, you know, we 
It's it's just it was what was given to us. You know, our our coach Mel and 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 Troy's dad Greg Westoven. Uh, anytime we wanted to roll, we could go. We we just say, hey, let's let's go up to the room and wrestle. They would the door was always open. So uh, I think Troy does a great job. You know, having the coaches available to any kid that wants to to learn or, or get better, there's always the opportunity to learn and get better. Yeah, I just want to leave you guys with my last question for you, real basically here. Uh, you know, talk a little about how well the league represented down there at state as well. I think that's a big thing to touch on. You know, you talk about. Uh, Brody Dominique from Archibald wrestling well. And then, hey, let's talk about how you guys have to drive two and a half hours to watch two uh, Northwest Ohio kids battling out for a state title in the 175. And then, um, you know, we'll talk about the Matten kid uh, from Delta who, you know, he had a tough injury to start the season, you know, thought maybe he wouldn't get to wrestle this year, ended up coming back and, you know, really finding his way to becoming a state champion as well for Delta. So, you know, I just think we should talk about how well the league was really represented last weekend down there at the state championships. I mean, well, I, I, well is an understatement. I mean, it, uh, fantastic. Um, dominant. You know, dominant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because, you know, a lot of guys see, yeah, Division three, but Northwest Ohio, the, the NWL is one of the toughest leagues in Division three in the state of Ohio. Um, it's not even close. You go, uh, Archibald won the, the, Archibald won the uh, dual state tournament. You know, they, were, they won it. We were sixth in the state. If you would, if Delta would have been able to qualify, they would have been right there too. I guarantee you that. Then you go down there and you look at individual and in the individual tournament. Um, Archibald's fourth in the state. We're fifth in the state. Delta sixth in the state. That's four, four, five, six, and then Wasion's fifth in Division two. two. I mean, you're talking four schools right there that are. I mean, you're in represented. There's 200 and some schools in Division three. There's 200 and some schools in Division two, and 200 and some in Division one. You know. You're talking four schools all with inside the top ten. And and that just is unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Oh, yeah. You know, I was kinda you know, I was kinda talking with uh with uh Kale Pullman the other day. I said, you know, I'm disappointed you know, we took fourth in the league, but am I? I, I don't know. I, you know, I, you know. I mean, most people. I mean, yeah, I mean, most people. I mean, most people. You take fourth in the league. You're like, oh, they're fourth in the league. That's not very good. Well, yeah, but Wasion won it, so they were fifth in Division Two. Oh, oh and Wasion took third at dual state tournament in yeah. Division Two. Yep. Um, it's the only ones they lost to was St. Parrish Graham. So, I mean, then you got Archibald was was second in the league, and Delta's third, and we're fourth. So, I mean, um, and then see the schools down there represented. I mean, Coach Ritter's doing awesome job with with Wasion. They've been dominant over the last decade or so in the league. And then, you know, Coach Beecher at Archibald is always putting together a solid team. They're doing a lot of stuff over there, and they got a lot of good stuff coming up. Um, you know, Anthony Carrizales over at Delta, but now Mark Nagel is now uh, the head coach, and he's picking right up where they left off. They're not really missing a beat either. So, you know, good things to come for the league in the state sense. Um, great battles to come within the league <laughs> and oh, locally, yeah. you know. So, you know, it's just raising the bar. Um, you want to be the best, consider the best, beat the best. And, um competition iron sharpens iron type thing and you know literally the league represents that in wrestling it is one of the toughest leagues in the state of ohio i would put up against a lot of them i think oh, it yeah, was absolutely very not. much on display this weekend so yeah, yeah. i can argue that we had one more one more question for yeah. you yeah I got, I got a question i'm sitting there listening guys uh you talked about being the coaches being available and facilities being available and i think one of the best kept secrets out there, guys, is the upgrade in the facilities that our wrestling program oh, has yes. gotten 
over the last few years. Talk a little bit about what you guys have done, and it even expanded again, I think, last year. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I went upstairs, and the room doubled in size. But talk a little bit about, you know, when you guys wanted to wrestle, you weren't possibly sure where it physically was you were going to wrestle. It could be in the cafeteria. It could be <laughs> – who knew? You didn't really have yeah. a home. Yeah, Wrestling mean, got a home. Talk a little bit about yeah. the facilities and things you guys have done and the wrestling club and, and the support that you guys have gotten for that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been it's been really nice. I mean, the, the whole community with the wrestling club and then everybody outside, the boosters, the school, um, I can't be more thankful. Um, I'd say the only room that's probably better than ours is Wasion, and they had a multi-million dollar room built by, uh, you know, Forum. So um, I know when guys come up in our league from Archibald to Delta, they're like, you got to be kidding me. Um, they're, they're still, you know, they're still 20 years behind. Uh, they're practiced on a mat and a half, and we have three mats, and Wasion has four, I know. Um, so, again, it's, I, I can't be more, uh, more gracious and thankful to the school and the community to allow us to grow um, and, and have a facility to finally call our own. Uh, even when I was a kid or back in junior high, we were in the metal building, you know, we we're taking out football lockers, putting down, you know, mats, and then we're tracking mats <laughs> from, the, from, the, from there to the gym to wrestle in the gym for Thursday nights, you know, or, and, and stuff like that. And then from there, you know, kind of moved up into the loft, which was kind of a semi-home, but we always had to cut practice short for basketball. You know, and I know Mel really loved that, and um, and you know, so that we was loved it as yeah, well. yeah. I mean, uh, you know, so practice got a little bit more intense, but you know, we had to pull mats back, and we always had to, you know, you know, everything was kind of disrupted. Now it's not, you know, basketball is not disrupted. Hopefully, they can grow and and be successful there without having us in the way, and 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 for us, I mean, we're in our own little place, and um, that we can grow and and grow girls uh, women's wrestling in junior high and high school. We have the room to do it. Um, before we wouldn't have, you know, that was that was kind of the question too. It was like, hey, if this starts to take off, we're out of room. What do you want to do? <laughs> so, um, you know, all those things kind of come together, and I can't I can't stress and thank the the school board and and, and uh, uh, the superintendent and, and the AD for um, really going out there and and the boosters. They they did a lot too. So, I mean, everybody. It was a communal thing, and when I say communal, I mean it's communal. And and wrestling. It has its its own place in this, you know. I know I know football is is Liberty Center's heart, and I'm not gonna ever try, you know, never take that away. But in that little corner there, believe it or not, wrestling's got a hard yeah, hard right corner there. in there. It's a hard it's a hard it's definitely. a it, yeah it's definitely there. And I just pulled the stats while you guys were talking about Tiger Sports Live broadcast. Mm -hmm. We've we've got some people in place now. We love broadcast. Wish we had more home meets. Um, over 2,600 people have watched you guys live on Target Sports Live in the last three years. Yeah. So, so it's got its own place. Oh, it for certainly sure. does. For sure, for sure. And, and again, we talk about it's a small community. It's, it's a, not Liberty Center, but the wrestling community itself. When you go through that room, you go through that door, only you know what's was going on in that door. Like, I mean, you, you know all the strifes and the heartaches and the pain and the pressure, everything that you work through. Um, that stays with you. It develops you as a character. Uh, develops you as a person and then you know a lot of guys that are you know outside of the community that you know they move away have no and you know not in touch i know blake linger and reached out to me multiple times over the state tournament weekend hey i'm watching you guys good luck you know i've had other uh, past alumni reach out to me hey you guys are doing great i know there's guys in cleveland that might wrestle with my dad in college are watching you know and following liberty center wrestling and, and we had a person more than one person tell us 
whatever it costs, we'll cover it. <laughs> Go down Tiger Sports Live. It's like we can't. <laughs> yeah. We can't. That's it. We, in fact, I, I did investigate that. And to get involved in the broadcasting rights for OHSAA is a quarter of a million dollars. Oh, wow. Crazy. And I had two people in a local pizzeria uptown here say, uh, I got half if you've got half. Nope, I'm out. Well, you know, like I said, it's, it's a very tight-knit uh, family, and, and um, I can be more thankful to be a part of it and be a part of the community and, and be a part of these um, – young athletes lives it's, it's it's truly awesome it's the next best thing um without doing it yourself uh, I, I actually probably more gratifying because uh in the sense of that you know doing it yourself is uh as an as a past athlete uh, the gratification came in yes i did it right this is out of your control and and to see a kid grow and buy in and see how he develops and and watch it and mentor it and and and, and kind of see how he's progressing and and when when, when that success lights up on his face or when that goal that he was reaching for, whether it was a state title, a league title, or just to win one match, I don't care what it is, when you see them accomplish that, there is, like, no better feeling. And, and, and it is really, truly awesome, and it's the reason why um, I know we do it. I know, I know it's, 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 it's awesome. I, I can't describe it. For real. For sure. Uh, you know, Troy hit it right on the, the money. I mean, it's – to see these kids do what they do, you know, you know, obviously we, we had successful careers, you know, as a team, you know, I don't even think we lost a dual meet my senior year. Um, but, you know, I didn't really get nervous when I wrestled. I, I get so nervous now that it sometimes it makes me <laughs> get, get cough when I go out there with these kids. You know, it's just, you know, it, it is truly amazing, truly a blessing. You know, the, the kids do what they do. The parents allow us to coach. Uh, you know, the, the school facility allows us to do what we do. You know, it's, it's truly a blessing. You know, I couldn't, you know, everybody always asks, you know, if you weren't at Liberty Center, would I probably wouldn't be coaching. If it wasn't for Liberty Center, you know, it's truly, you know, a, a family here. You know, I, I, it wouldn't feel right coaching anywhere else. You know, and it's, you know, and then not to mention I get to do it with one of my best friends, you know, with Troy. We, you know, we've been together a long time. You know, we've been through thick and thin and some – some hardships along the way and you know there's no no other no other place i'd rather be than than doing it with these guys and these kids it's it's truly amazing absolutely, absolutely. all right gentlemen we uh we appreciate all Before, your time well i got one more question <laughs> oh, gosh. have we ever figured out the trophy problem that you guys have oh yeah i'm figuring it out <laughs> You gotta give me some time. We're, we're, we're. <laughs> Troy, it's been years now, man. Not yet, yeah. Trust me, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. The main thing was getting that wall knocked down to get another mat. Now we got that accomplished. Now it's time to start focusing on all the accolades and how do we present that and how do we uh, uh, get that, uh, you know, I mean, because again, a lot of history there and, and a lot of guys' hard work and you gotta, you gotta display that. And mm -hmm. you, not just display it, but display it correctly with honor and with um, an idea of, of, you know, this is what it is. You know, this is your accomplishment. This is your guys' legacy. Nobody can take this from you. It's there until as long as the program and until as long as Liberty Center is here. And um, that's that's the big thing. So Just like Mark said, he walked up there and saw the room this year and how it grew. It, it's going to happen. You're going to walk up there. You're going to go, wow. <laughs> Good yeah. job, guys. I remember the first time when after the renovations got done and all that and when I went up and I'm like, 
dang, these are nice. It's very nice stuff. Yeah. And uh, I was told you guys intentionally put the heat all the way up to 98. Is that correct? No, no. no, no. <laughs> I, I don't know you're hearing facts like that. <laughs> I don't know. We, we'll get the – don't worry. We'll get uh, – you can have the air conditioner on there. I'll, we'll get the room hot. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. I remember That's the, not a problem. I remember the, one of the other times I came up. And it's it's like nice and cool downstairs. I'm like, all right, I'm walking upstairs. I'm not even halfway up the stairs, and I can feel the heat. I'm like, oh god, how, <laughs> how hot did they got it up there? So I come walking up and all that. I walk in, and I just have a freaking gust of heat hit me in the face. I'm like, okay, these guys are suffering today. <laughs> uh, it's not that. Bad. I mean, really, what it is is the body, right? I yep. mean, you guys are, we're, you know, we, you know. What we could actually have is an exhaust fan up there would really help pull some of that moisture because it does get humid up there because there's just mm-hmm. it's a low ceiling and um, you know something like that. But that's mostly what it is. We actually don't ever really even turn the heat on. Um, it's the body heat in there that okay. starts to generate, and uh, that's why I said we'll we'll work it up to heat. That's not that's not an issue. <laughs> Try to keep it warm, less injuries. Yeah. Fair enough. There you go. All right. So thank you, Coach Box and Coach Troy Westovin, to uh, coming on with us today. Thanks for having and, us. Uh, thank you guys. Appreciate you guys very and much. We, thank we you. We look forward to bringing you guys on in the coming future. Obviously. Yeah. So enjoy your off season if, if that's even a thing. Nah, not, not a thing. Not really. I didn't think so. <laughs> off season, off season not a thing. Not I didn't think so. Not if you want to be successful. There you go. There you so, go. All right. Appreciate you guys. Thank yep. you. Thank you. All right. Oh, man. Wow. That was a. Uh, Oh yeah, wrestling stuff there. So, uh, you know, we you know we wanted to have a good wrestling segment. I think we pretty much nailed it there. So, yep. uh, just a couple of basketball things that we need to finish. Uh, we do have one's team still alive out there, uh, uh, Roman in the Dayton area. The uh, Titans of Ottawa, Glendor. Yep, and they will play at about five thirty tonight, and they will play uh, Canel Winchester Harvest Prep, who upset Lutheran East, which is interesting because. Lutheran East actually played Ottawa Glandorf in the regular season uh, and beat Ottawa Glandorf, so that would have been an interesting what was rematch. Oh, that? Uh, that I don't know. Um, was it close though? But it was, yeah, it was a close, close game. Uh, they OG played yesterday morning and defeated Columbus Epicentric. This was a game that was a rematch from last year's uh, state final game as well. Final score being forty-eight, forty-seven in double overtime. Isaiah OG yeah, yeah, apparently yeah. just has a knack for playing in double overtime games, uh, back-to-back double OT games, you know, uh, the win against Wayne Trace and BG, and now this one. I believe uh, it wasn't the broadcaster of OG that say that most teams can't out OG. uh, You don't out OG. Can't can't out out OG OG or something like that. You can't out OG OG. Yeah, that's pretty much what he said. It's like a tongue twister. But, Um, uh, yeah, the kid from Afficentric, Dalen Swain, uh, the Xavier commit, he had 21 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, Colin White had 24 points, and he ended the game with three rebounds, but Theo Mag had 14 points and 11 boards. So, um, you know, Ottawa Glandorf started the game out slow. They struggled, uh, a game which Columbus Afficentric led 24 of the 32 minutes in this game. Uh, you know, it, they just had uh, they just had them on the rope, on the ropes really, uh, for most of the game, and then OG was able to kind of put the clamps down with the turnovers, uh, stifling defense. And then you look in that overtime period, only one point scored in that second overtime period. Yeah, that's, that's unheard of in my personal opinion. I've never heard a stat line of only one point scored. And how – what, they got four minutes It's to a four-minute overtime. And honestly, I think each team only – I think there was only three possessions. I think Afrocentric had one possession and OG had two. Absolutely. It was yeah, just like it was more of a hold. That's it. something I'm just not used to hearing. But also, like, it's a strat- at the end of the day with 
when it comes to overtime, you only have four minutes to work with. You have so many possessions to work with, so you really got to think uh, what you want to do, including we got no shot clock. You got all the time in the world, really. You can hold on to – you can do uh, what the whole what the whole Gate Tigers did uh, all, all, that, all those years ago when they won the state – I believe when they went to state – uh, playing a game of stall ball, and they and to this day, people will say it's probably the lowest scoring varsity basketball game they have ever seen in their whole entire life. And I was told it was like probably under 20 points per game. Oof. So yeah, you probably guess how entertaining those were. Yeah. how entertaining those games were with whole, if you had a whole game in your schedule there. Well, I'll tell you what, I took a picture of um, the teams that Columbus Afrocentric had played to get there, and the first team they beat was Crystal Ray, and they beat them 102 to 14. Holy! That was the first. That was the first game of the. 102 to 14 on the road to yeah for the their road to the state semis, and they beat Amanda Clear Creek 87 to 33. So dang! I mean, they're putting points up. Like I said, the Xavier commit definitely a solid player. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, that's pretty much it for the basketball stuff. I will get you guys the finals on the Facebook page of the OG game. Uh, we have Convoy Crestview playing right now uh, in the Division Four state championship game. That is a game where Richmond Heights is leading by 20 in the third quarter. So, you is know, Richmond Heights, a very good team, undefeated this year, haven't lost a game yet. State champions last year. No, <laughs> no. Uh, state state champions last year. So just a, just a good team over there. So, uh Let's let's talk a little bit about our baseball coverage here. Um, yeah. Obviously, we haven't started any baseball coverage thus far. We're going to kind of dig into that, I think, yeah, big time next week. Yep. Um, we wanted to make sure we gave wrestling its due, uh, and that was for today, obviously. Um, you know, we're going to cover all of our league teams here in baseball. I, I think the league is kind of uh, as even as it could be, as mm-hmm. even as it has been in a long time. You know, Liberty Center is bringing back a core – a group of guys and some talent. You know, Zane Zider didn't get to pitch last year. He's available to throw this year. So that adds another develop, uh, another you know, weapon to our arsenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Archibald, which uh, we have an interview with Archibald's head coach that we'll uh, share with you guys here momentarily. And he talks about some of the pitching uh, that they're going to have to develop. You know, Brian won the league last year, going to bring back a lot of guys. Uh, Patrick Henry's going through just a spurt of great athletes right now that they're just really on top of it. And, you know, they're going to really compete for a league title too, I think. Absolutely. And, you know, we talked a little bit earlier, Isaiah, you know, you talk about the NLL. Napoleon's got a really nice team. Defiance with a really nice team in the WBL. You got Tenora in the GMC who's going to battle with Ayersville and Antwerp. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of good teams uh, out a, there. And Yeah, there's going to be a lot of a lot of competitive baseball with all the school, with all the conferences that we cover. Uh all the schools that like we, you look at all the conferences we score we cover GMC NWL WBL and the NLL. Um, if you look at if you look at on paper and you look at all the teams that you're that's playing in, for baseball and all that, it's going to be all these conferences are going to be com- be competing for a league title because these all these teams are pretty da- they're really good. A lot of teams are really good in these conferences. And like you said, uh, in the GMC, Tenora, Antwerp, and Ayersville are going to be battling it out. Uh, NWL, Archibald, Wasion, Brian, and Liberty are going to And I think Evergreen's even a sneaky pick because they yeah, have some absolutely. decent pitching over there that can really contend. And, yeah, you know, Delta's even even got some decent pitching and some kids that can hit. So Yeah, Evergreen's a – I don't know what it is in the spring sports category for softball and baseball, but Evergreen always seems to like to sneak up on you because um, – uh, I remember the last two years now, Evergreen were the favorites to win the league title for um, for softball. Yeah, you know, and uh, 
it's going to be up and down. Wasion even bringing back a lot of guys. You know, they're going to have some skill players back as well. And, you know, it's going to be very competitive. Uh, you know, and that's exactly what we want out of the spring sports season, you know, especially if we're doing our first first season of coverage on it. You know, yeah. we really want to get an action-packed. Um, um, we really need to get an action-packed season going in. So uh, we do have an interview with uh, Archibald's head coach that we will share with you guys. Uh, you know, he was able to take some time with us to talk yesterday morning a little bit. So we'll share that interview with you guys. Um, it is Coach Dick Selgo of the Archibald Blue Streaks. And, uh, you know, a guy that's been around for about 14 years. Uh, you know, district uh, districts last year, <clears throat> you know, they're losing a guy like DJ Newman, and he talks about that a little bit. Uh, they were 16 and eight last year as a team, <clears throat> and in his 14th season, he's 285 and 125. Uh, they were 16 and eight last year, finished second in the NWOL, and were the sectional champs as well. Uh, they did lose a couple of big players, but they do return a couple of key pieces as well. So uh, we will hear a little bit from uh, Coach Dick Selgo from the Archibald Blue Streaks. Talk a little bit about uh, where you guys ended up the year last year. You were 16 and eight. Uh, you know. Finished uh, behind Brian in the league. Uh, tough start the year last year. You had mentioned a little bit before we started, you know, tough losses against a, a nice Evergreen team, uh, a tough loss against a Wasion team in kind of a an array weather situation. You turned around with nice wins over Liberty Center, a big win over PH, a big win over Brian. Um, just talk about maybe a little bit about some of the things that you guys are going to have to change this year. Obviously, first first time in a while without DJ Newman. You know, not a guy that you can just, you know, blink and replace. It's going to take many pieces. It's going to take many parts. Uh, what are you guys trying to accomplish as far as that role goes? Yeah, losing DJ Newman is a really huge loss. He was uh, not only the NWOAL player of the year, he was Crescent News player of the year. He was one of the top players in the state of Ohio and is now playing at Bowling Green. Uh, he really carried us as a, as a pitcher as a shortstop and as a hitter and uh, to fill his shoes it's going to have to be a bunch of guys uh, coming forward to do that so uh, and we also lost Zane Bainfield and J.B. Burko last year that uh, contributed quite a bit to our success so last year was was a really tough start in the league we opened up with Evergreen who had R.J. Shunk a 6'6 left-hander that went on to is now pitching at the University of Toledo and he shut us out one to nothing so it was a tough start there. Then we played Wasion in a, a, one of the windiest days of the spring. It was tough for both teams, and they ended up winning that in the slugfest. And then uh, so we had our backs to the wall. We ran the table from that point on. We beat Brian 13 to nothing, uh, who ended up winning the league. But I've always been a big contender that, uh, that in baseball it should be a double round. Uh, one round just isn't enough. Uh, you only see one pitcher from another team, and you play seven league games out of 27. That doesn't seem enough to me, and I think the league is, is a really important thing. And I've said that even when we've won the league, so it's not just sour grapes. But one time around isn't enough, in my opinion, and I think that would uh, really enhance the quality of our league play. Yeah, and I think that's a fantastic point, um, especially with you know us just having the conversation about how I think open the league is this year. You know, obviously you bring back in Brian, who won it last year. Uh, you guys are bringing back some key pieces. Liberty Center's bringing back some some nice talent. Uh, same thing with all the schools throughout the board. So I, I agree with you 
Um, I think it would be interesting to get a little bit of a home away series there with league teams, uh, especially with how good I think the league could really be this year. What, what's your opinions on maybe how the league could shake up this year? Well, you've mentioned uh, a, a lot of them there. Brian's got most everybody back, and they won it last year. Uh, Patrick Henry is really going through a strong cycle of athletes right now and has a couple very good pitchers. Wasion has almost everybody back, and they beat us last year. And then I know Liberty is, is this is going to be as strong as they've been in quite a while with a really good crew of baseball players. Um, I'm sure Evergreen will have uh, decent guys back. Jay Lefevre is making a return as the head coach at Delta, and I'm sure he's going to shake things up there. And then uh, you got Swan yet and Evergreen, and uh, it's, it is going to be very balanced, I think, and uh, it's going to be a tough league. Absolutely. Okay, we talked a little bit about uh, some of the stuff around the league. Let's focus a little bit about the Archibald Blue Streaks. Um, let's talk about some of the things that maybe you think are your strengths thus far. Obviously, we talked about the loss of Newman, so maybe hurting your pitching a little bit. Um, talk about maybe what, what you guys need to do to pick that up. Maybe some of the guys that are stepping in to fill some of those roles. Uh, what are going to be the strengths of the Archibald Blue Streaks this season on the Diamond? We've got some key players coming back that contributed quite a bit last year. One would be Devin Morris, our catcher, who was uh, second team all league, second team all Ohio. Hit 420 and three home runs, and uh, he's committed to go to Notre Dame College in Ohio, awesome. which is a Division two school. Yeah, he, he's he's got a big upside to him, I'll tell you. And then we got Creighton Kern, who is our center fielder. He was first team All League last year, hit 394 with uh, 15 RBIs, 12 stolen bases, and he's committed to Adrian College, which has a very strong Division three program. Yes, they do. Uh, yep. Uh, Cade Miller's coming back, an infielder. Carson Dominic in the outfield. And one of our top pitchers will be Jaden Seiler, who as a, is a junior now and as a freshman pitched a, a one nothing shutout in the state semifinal game against Canton Central Catholic. So we're looking for big things out of him. Uh, Brian Burles, our DH from last year, is back. Stephen Diller is back, and so is Mason Siegel. So we got a number of guys coming back, but again, Replacing D.J. Newman, it's going to take a collective effort uh, on a lot of these guys' parts. And another thing, we're losing another really good player this year that we were counting on, that's Jack Hurst. Uh, he's an outfielder that hit 382 for us last year with uh, four doubles and three triples. He got hurt during football season and had to have shoulder surgery, and so we are more than likely not going to have uh, access to him this year. So that's a huge loss for us also. Yeah, definitely some things that – uh, you guys are going to have to collectively uh, do as a team to try to make up for some of that stuff. And, you know, I, I think it's great that you mentioned uh, the Siler kid. Um, he's just been sneakily good for you, uh, like you said, since uh, as a freshman, maybe even being overlooked a bit with how good DJ has been. Um, I think Jaden has been a very, very nice bright spot for you, especially on the uh, on the pitching side of things. Like you said, the, a very capable arm there as a freshman. Uh, in the state semifinal games, as you mentioned. So uh, I think that's a really great point to bring up Jaden. And, and I think he did the same thing in basketball. You know, they had the injury there, so I uh, had to kind of kind of pick up a little bit of slack, and he did, he did a great job of that. So I think that's a great point. Um, yeah, he did, he did a really nice job in basketball. And, um, and we really encourage our kids to play more than one sport. I absolutely. Think only, only go through high school one time. And for these kids that think they're going to specialize and go big time and get a – 
full ride. Well, that's not going to happen because they don't give very hardly anybody gives full rides in baseball. Uh, there just aren't isn't that kind of money available. So people are living a dream that think that's going to happen, but they can still participate in a really quality college baseball program at almost any level. Um, but we're, we're trying to focus on put your high school years first. I mean, don't put the cart before the horse. Uh, <laughs> Enjoy this as much as you can because you may not ever get it any better than this, and you better enjoy it and get the most out of it you can and, and play more than one sport and, and just uh, get the whole high school experience. Yeah, absolutely. You're only a kid once, and you might as well enjoy it. La- last thing here before we let you go, we'll let you get back to your day. Uh, you know, if you had to say maybe some of the uh, some things that you had to work on uh, a little bit more this season before maybe the start uh, of the season, which I believe is just in a couple weeks. It's hard to believe that we're already talking about uh, the start of baseball season. But uh, what what are some of the areas that maybe uh, the Blue Streaks need to improve on before the spring summer or the, before the spring season gets uh, really rolling here? We definitely need to uh, improve on the depth of our pitching staff. Uh, we're counting on Siler to do big things for us. After that, we've got a number of guys that can pitch, but how many of those will come up? and be the guys that we really need and can use is a big question mark. And we're probably not going to find that out until we get out on the diamond and start using these guys because they all look decent in the gym and the glove pops and everything else. But when you get in the game and you get uh, weather factors to deal with and you've got real hitters in there and you got to be able to throw strikes. And so we're really anxious to see how these guys develop because that's going to be a big key to our season. Absolutely, Coach. Well, we want to say uh, thank you for taking some time with us here today. Uh, I know it's kind of busy here in the spring, and that is uh, head coach uh, of the Archbold baseball team in his 14th season, and that is Dick Selgo from the Archbold Blue Blue Streaks. Thank you so much for joining us today here on the End Zone Militia. Yeah, thank you, Phil. Appreciate it. All right, talk to you. All right, so that was the interview from the great Phil Snow, the stats guy. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a guy that's been there for 14 years obviously knows what he's doing, built a very fantastic program over there at Archbold, uh, you know, a team that's really in the league race pretty much every year mm-hmm. uh, from start to finish. So, uh, you know, like we said, you know, can't really really can't wait to get the spring sport started. Uh, you know, I know we've both kind of been talking with Ryan a little bit about how excited mm-hmm. we are about getting that going. So we'll get Kozider in here, and uh, we'll definitely try to get the Napoleon head coach as well. I think that they are going to be him. really scary, man. I mean, Absolutely. they're going to be a really nice baseball team. Uh, the Blake Wolf kid mm-hmm. being 100. percent I know he was a little bit injured during football season. During, yep, during football and basketball season. So I'm um, having him there, and you know they got a plethora of young talent. They had 20 kids on their summer baseball team over the summer last year. So uh, a lot of people want to play baseball at Napoleon. I know they're going to be pretty solid and. You know, Tenora always sneaks up on people in the GMC, so yep, uh, the, a lot of the, good action co- uh, going on. Very solid in the in their category of uh, baseball. Well, let's take a couple minutes here talking about the March Madness stuff. Uh, you know, pretty much everybody's bracket's been busted. Uh, you know, Literally. you got FDU winning, Princeton winning, Furman winning. I mean, you know, I, I mainly want to talk about how much I enjoy seeing the 
double-digit seeds competing, even if they're not winning. I think when you look at how the tournament's been over the last 10 years to where it's come now, uh, just the way that teams are competing even more, even if they're not getting those upsets, uh, you know, we're seeing teams that are really taking teams down to the grinder. You know, we've seen TCU have to get a a game-winning shot against Arizona State, and, uh, you know, obviously you see Furman come back and beat Virginia the way they did, and, you know, Purdue, another tough loss in the first round against a 16 seed, and, you know, it's just, you know, these teams, and I guess the team that really shouldn't even have been there you know the team yeah. that qualified yeah, to make it got, got disqual- is well because they were violations no they actually right? weren't eligible because they're in the transition of still oh, being yeah. transitioned to division that's the, one that's the one thing i don't understand like why would you keep it isn't that weird yeah it's so why would you keep a team if they transition to division one and win their conference and everything but you punish them for and wait for four years to qualify that makes in my personal opinion that makes zero sense yeah i didn't i didn't understand all that either i just know when they said that i was like man i couldn't even imagine that's pretty that's pretty tough so yeah absolutely yeah but hey like you like we like we've been saying march is upon us since this uh since the um the high school um basketball playoffs started or tournament you want to say um martin we said march is upon us and absolutely and march was upon us absolute madness uh, has happened since since March first, so it and it's been nothing but entertaining, unbelievable um, Cinderella stories in the process. In, in Princeton beating Missouri, you know, so now for the second straight year, uh, we have a, a, a double-digit seed in the Sweet Sixteen. So yeah. obviously, it's becoming more more popular. I think a lot of team, a lot, I think a lot of teams are double-digit seeds. Are notice are realizing, hey, there's these teams that are able to do it. We can do this. We can make more history. Uh, we let's let's go out there and make history. And that's exactly what FDU did. That's what Princeton's doing. Uh, that's what Furman did. Am I saying that right? Furman? No, Furman. Furman. Thank you. And and yeah. So it's hey, it's hey. That's that's all you can ask for, really. In March Madness, is that it's the best tournament in the country, and you're going to get the best 64 teams in the country, and uh, they're going to duke it out and see who can pull it out. A couple more teams that are still looking to punch their ticket to the Sweet 16. Creighton and Baylor play today at 7:10. Uh, Fairleigh Dickinson and FAU play at 7:45. That's going to be interesting. Kentucky and Kansas State are live right now, and Kentucky holds a 14 to 7 lead in the first quarter. Michigan State will duke it out with Marquette, which I think could be the game of the night at 5:15, and then at 8:40 it's Miami and Indiana, and that is the five and four seed. You got St. Mary's and UConn at 6:10, and then TCU and Gonzaga to round out the night at 9:40. So, so uh, a so lot of games still to be punching some tickets. I, I can see uh, even even though obviously the top Big Ten teams are out of it, right? At, Purdue is out of it, but I will tell you though, Michigan State, we Purdue. Like obviously me being a Purdue fan and all that, we may have clobbered them, but the thing is though, in the Big Ten, it's competitive basketball all around, and uh, they that's that's and most teams are will out physical them because that's what Michigan State did in their first round game. They out physical, uh, being physical the physicality department kicked in, and uh, you can tell uh, uh, that it took over, and Michigan State was able to thrive through that. And IU, even though it's an in-state rival. I have confidence in IU. Uh, they they just have a very s- solid, uh, annoying defense that will give you headaches and fits for a long for a long period of time. 
So. Well, that that uh, Big Ten ACC matchup should be pretty interesting. So, uh, you know, I, these teams play against each other with the ace in the Big Ten ACC challenge. You know, it's kind of crazy. You know, you look at it. You know, Alabama is the one seed that's left. Houston's a one seed that's left. You know, I don't really know if there's a clear cut favorite to win, despite the fact that Alabama and Houston are still in it. I know they're the one seeds, but Houston was on the ropes. The, Houston the was on the ropes against night. Auburn, and I think San Diego State's defense is really, really going to give Alabama troubles. I watched the San Diego State. Uh, Furman game and San Diego State was just too much defensively for Furman and San Diego State also has a really nice post entry game uh, they run players off the screens and then they have a, a post player that kind of just ducks in and pins his guy and you know it, they just punished Furman on the inside all game and even against bigger teams you know you're gonna have you, you know you're gonna wear down eventually at some point so uh, you know give credit obviously San Diego State's gonna have their hands full Alabama very good basketball team but um, obviously interested to see who Princeton's going to play. Uh, Baylor, Creighton, uh, a very interesting matchup. Has my attention at the 6-3 game. So um, that'll be interesting to see as well. But right. So with, with both of our brackets are busted, correct, Phil? No, I had Marquette winning oh, it yeah, all. Marquette. Well, with my bracket being busted, probably my new – Marquette versus UConn. My, my intent – my – selection now i'm sticking with big 10 i'm going to go with iu now <laughs> so, on the on the opposite side of the bracket but um i truly think though the I, iu can could possibly pull it off and get their um i believe that's their seventh national title in school history i believe who's that iu oh so it's gonna be it's gonna be a very interesting it's gonna be very very interesting. I would love to see a uh, a double digit seed to go to the final four. That would be mind boggling, but it'd be freaking awesome though. And that'd be pretty nice. So, Phil, do we got anything else, buddy? Um, I don't think so. Uh, we pretty much have the mock up of our website. It's pretty much done. We're just doing some uh, yeah, final, final touches tweaks. on some stuff. We had some miscommunication between me. Not knowing anything about technology, so. But now that we figured that out, it should be fine. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Now that we finished that out, everything should be all right. Yep. So um, our merchandise, uh, like I said, we are right on the cusp of being done. We just got one more, uh, a few more touches to get done, and uh, the link and all that to our merchandise store will be up and running. And um, I believe, and oh, we're going to get into our process of our uh, spring sports content and all that um so which started a little bit of today as you've seen with uh coach helgo's interview so yep so we're going to be in that and so uh yeah it's going to be it's going to be a fun season phil for spring sports of our first season of coverage of doing all these sports and um it'll be nice to have mr exclusive back with us too yes, we've yep. missed it we missed him for winter sports so it'll be nice to have mr exclusive back in here so we can make faces at him <laughs> yeah so that's mr riley and we didn't have Weaver. any segments today so we obviously want to give uh a massive shout out to all of our sponsors. sponsors. Uh, we'll, we'll start first with AV Perfectionist Painting and Knock It Out Drywall. You can call the guys over there at 906 419 906 1627 for all your painting needs, drywall needs, quality painting made easy, and they can do it all. Uh, give those guys, uh, give Austin Burdue a call. Uh, we also have uh, Jordan Burdue and Dorian Hooker with Dorian Hooker's Pro Day Performance Training. Give those guys a call. All athletes all around Northwest Ohio. And then uh, one of our personal favorites, Mr. Field Goal himself, Joshua Josh Joshua Martin, uh, <laughs> also in there. So if it's third down or fourth down, it doesn't matter. <laughs> don't even ask. We're not going for it. We're kicking a field goal. Don't ask. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so uh, also shout-outs to Meyer Bain Hop Insurance. 
uh, serving the people of Northwest Ohio. Since 1933. Since 1933. Thank you, sir. And uh, shout out to Three Chord with Shane Hollenball. You can sign it, screen it, sew it, print it. And SWAT and Welding with Norm Zyder, sponsoring Northwest Ohio Sports for many years and helping in your fabrication needs. And so, and another shout out to LC Tiger Sports Live and providing this studio and phenomenal uh, equipment. Yeah, so, the brand new studio. We'll get, we'll get everything wholly, yeah, fully set up ladies, next week. But this is don't it's be pretty awesome in here. Can't wait to do live live video. Hopefully at the start of football season Absolutely. we'll be able to do live video. So. Oh, yeah, and uh, don't be surprised. We have some background. It's going to be something similar to if you guys watch the Pat McAfee show. Uh, it's gonna be, so there's going to be some random photos in the background of probably us being goofballs. Uh, we have one photo already of um, Chase Gilson holding up a cookie sign. Oh, at the Michigan game. At the Michigan game. <laughs> <laughs> He's a giant cookie. Yeah. And Chase so. is one big cookie. <laughs> yeah, because apparently uh, with uh, at Toledo – if a specific player misses back-to-back free throws, they get free cookies. <laughs> so, but uh, shout out to the ca- the captain of that's making this train run as of right now, uh, Mark. The conductor. The conductor, <laughs> Mac. The captain, the conductor, the captain conductor, conductor, captain. Yeah. So, with that being said, I'm your host Isaiah Markle. And I'm your co-host, The Snowman. And just remember that stats are cool. And this is End Zone Militia. And just remember, folks, for the last time, there are no end zones in basketball. Not one, but it won't be the last time. All right.